0: This is the MMA Takes, podcast. MMA
1: Takes podcast. With your host
0: Brian Petrie. Man, take a week off, and I and I miss you guys. And I almost missed the drop there. I was taking a drink of my apple juice. Welcome to MMA Takes podcast. Um, yeah, so we we were off last week. If you are a loyal loyal, <clears throat> excuse me, I know how to talk. If you're a loyal listener, you probably realize I haven't missed many weeks. I mean, I did have pneumonia and I missed, I think, a week. And then uh, I think I had a vacation and stuff. Every once in a while, I'll miss a week. Or if there was no UFC, maybe I'll take it off. But usually I, I pump out some kind of content. I, I I love doing this. I actually had, I, I sent out a tweet that there was going to be no podcast this week. I had a few listeners reach out to me either on Twitter via tweeting and then DMs as well. Um, I appreciate the listen. I listen, I know I come on here and all I talk about is you know, I have pneumonia and I'm sick and I'm my my wife is this my kid and you know I'm I know I I overload problems but honestly I'm fine the kids are fine or the kids fine excuse me, wife's great, I just need it kind of like a recharge week right? Fair warning for if you're listening to this now this this beginning part and probably the whole episode really is going to be kind of long. I got a lot of uh I I don't know. I, I kind of worked out in my head what I was going to say, but, you know, I don't know what's going to come out if I'm being quite honest with you. A couple of things jotted down that I didn't want to overlook that I wanted to talk about. So first things first, everything's fine. Um, I'm not sick or anything. You know, family's great. I just felt burnt out, right? And I know that's such a pussy thing to say. I think I've probably called people out of being burnt out. A lot of factors added up to that, right? So I don't know if I ever fully mentally... I know that's such a, again, it's such a millennial thing to say, but when I had pneumonia, I went through like a real hypochondriac phase where I was terrified, right? Very uncharacteristic of me. I mean, I I do have like hypochondriac a little bit. Like I know if I go on WebMD and I got like a thumb ache and I go, what's a thumb ache? And it's like, you're dying in five seconds. Like I'm going to freak out, but I've never had it to the point where it was like detrimental to like my own mental, whatever. So once I got out of the hospital, I was just focusing on getting back and getting healthier. And anytime I was a little more out of breath than normal at work or whatever, I'd panic a little bit because, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm not cured from a pneumonia. I got to go back, I think, this month sometime so I can check my my lungs. Uh, I already had an x-ray in my lungs, and they said, you know, everything was fine. But And I feel great. I'm not really coughing up much anymore. I still have a little bit of a cough, but... I don't think I ever fully, like, I think that stuck with me, the panic and and the way I acted in the hospital where my wife really did a great job of bringing me back to Sainville, me and, you know, level-headed, trying to be the strong-minded person that I think I am or that I know I really am. But I just had a real moment moment of weakness, and I thought I could just stuff it down and move on, kind of crept back up a little bit, and then they put me on blood pressure medicine because when I was in the hospital, my blood pressure was really high. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was in the hospital. I was freaking out, yada yeah, yada. When I went to get it tested, I was taking a half tablet a day, or I was taking two tablets a day or something like that, half tablets a day. So basically, one pill a day. When I went to get my physical, probably like two weeks after the, the pneumonia scare, my blood pressure was like normal, but normal low. Like it was like, you know, 113 over like 76, which is pretty low for me. And then the doctor even said, like, listen, if you start feeling funky, you start feeling weird, we'll get you off the medicine. So I cut back to half tablet a day. And then I just, I just, I didn't feel all there. I didn't feel right. Right. And uh, so I just need, I I got off the medicine. It's like, you know what? I've heard stories of people on blood pressure medicine and really fucking with them. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't like taking medicine in general. I I hate taking it. I take an antacid when I need to. Other than that, like, I'll fight to the death before I got to take medicine for a headache. Like. I just don't like having medicine in my body. And then, so I was taking this blood pressure medicine and it it fucked with my mental a little bit. Like, I don't think I was as strong as mentally back as I was. So I was just kind of burnt out of like, of, of when I make a commitment to something, I'm going to commit. And a thing about me is I don't do anything. I don't want to do. The reason I'm talking to this microphone right now, the reason I'm talking to you is because I want to do it. Nobody in this world can make me do what I don't want to do. I'm very stubborn. And that's obviously led to some things like in high school I got horrible grades because I didn't want to do that. I want to drink and fucking hang out with girls. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to study. I don't want to have to stay in and do homework. That's not miserable. So I've always been a type of person that's always done what I've wanted to do. So like doing this is not a chore by any means. So when I mean burnt out, I just meant I felt like there was things going on in in, in my own mental space. that I needed like a break from trying to think of something for the show. And then with the show as well, I had some time to reflect. Um, like last week, I was going to, like three days, I was going to record a podcast. It felt weird not doing it, right? I had plenty of time to do it. Um, I had Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to do it. A big UFC, UFC 237. I haven't missed a UFC. I've picked pretty much all of them. Um, if, if I don't release a full podcast, I usually release a pick on I not didn't, I didn't make picks. I didn't order the pay-per-view. I did see the fights, but I didn't order them. Um, I was just kind of making like a clean break and kind of, kind of getting back to like a reset mode for, for me. But when that pertains to the shows, I'm really thinking about, um, with the show is, you know, it's very therapeutic for me, right? I missed it. I missed it when I was gone. Um, and I felt like when I had some time to reflect, I felt like I was just stagnant. Like we were plateauing a little bit and, um, like I, my, I, I'm so grateful for everyone that listens, but I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that I didn't think I was going to come in here and kind of maybe skyrocket and get maybe 10, 20,000 listeners within a year, but doing this over a year now, I feel like the production's good. I put a lot of time and effort into the, it's sounding good. Um, I work my ass off to get guests. I know that's pretty goddamn near impossible. I've had a few, We've mixed episodes up. I thought, you know, mixing things up with the trivia and, and maybe the episodes with Austin where we don't even talk about MMA. We just talk about fucking dicks and butts and stuff. Um, trying to mix everything up to try to keep it f- for you guys to listen if you enjoy that and stuff like that. I switched up and did the Pick'em podcast. And I, and then, so, I, it's therapeutic for me to talk to you guys. But also, I start. Realizing, like, okay, listen. So the mo- you know, the, the, to to open the 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 door here, um, the highest listeners we had we had over three thousand, which I was ecstatic for it. I would tell everybody. Forget what episode it was. I think it was one of the, I think it was maybe like ten or fifteen episodes ago, maybe when it was like a low over three thousand people. Now I'm I'm freaking out. I go, okay, I have eighty Twitter followers and I have like seventy Instagram followers. Why are three thousand people listening to this and not? going to my stuff, going to my, my social media. Part of that is obviously a lot of people may don't want to follow me. And those 3000 people that listen, maybe a lot of them didn't like it. Right. So that's, that's, but let's just say half did that's still 1500 people. Um, and I was on the moon. I was like, well, we're only going up for here. 3000 people. They're going to tell 3000 people, blah, blah, blah. And we've kind of stayed around that, but we've also dipped down a little bit. So our average listening ship to the regular podcast the pick on podcasts is a little less, but the regular podcast or whatever, it does about, you know, right around 2,000. Um, every once in a while, it'll spike up to 2,500. And I'm so super proud of that. Don't get me wrong. That is incredible. For a nobody like me, that is unbelievable. However, I keep comparing it in my head to like, oh, you know, well, I need to get to where Rogan's at. I need to get to where part of my take's at. I need to get to where these guys are at. I'm in a small niche little market here, right? I don't do a podcast about pop culture. Rogan has scientists on. He's got everyone, every walk of life in there, and they do podcasts. He had Elon Musk on. He doesn't do just an MMA podcast, right? He does everything, right? I'm doing just an MMA podcast with the occasional um, dip out with Austin or, or doing a trivia or something like that. Um, And I love it, right? But for some reason, my ego and everything was like, well, we got to get bigger, we got to get bigger, we got to get bigger. And then when things started plateauing, I started going, oh, man, well, I need to change something, right? So let me just start DMing everybody for guests. I just want to get a guest on, right? So like Rogan doesn't do a show by himself. PMT guys, a part of my take guys, you haven't listened to them. They never do it. They always have a guest on. Even if it's like a repeat guest they've had on numerous times, they're going to have them on again. And I thought, well, I need to get guests. If The only way this show is going to be successful is guests. So I can't even tell you. How many DMs I've sent to fighters, whether it be up-and-coming guys or even world champions, I'm taking swings. I am swinging. And for some reason, I thought the only way to make this show better is to get guests. Now, go me wrong. A guest would be amazing. Um, I'm very appreciative of the people that who have came on. Chris, Don Madge, uh, Mina, or Mina, I can't pronounce his name or whatever. He was a great guest. He reached out to me. He was a cool guy. Um, my buddies that have coming on, too. I really appreciate all those guys that come on. It was fun for me. I love doing this. And uh, for some reason, I, I guess I shortchanged myself and thought the only way this show could be successful or entertaining and what people want to listen to is having a guest on. Um, And I, I think that's a little unrealistic because, I mean, trust me, I would love to get a guest on every week. I would love to be kind of the voice of people who aren't fucking nerds, who aren't and Errol Hawani, who is trying to become Skip Bayless. Like, we need, I've always said this and I still feel this way. We need a change. There's too many fate. Like, who the fuck's that guy walking around? I don't know his name. He's like in a suit and glasses and he's interviewing fighters and Dana White and stuff. I have no idea who he is. Bobby Fox, Robbie Fox, he's doing his thing over at Barstool. But, you know, but his focus is on other things too. I mean, the, the fucking guy was crying at the Avengers, right? We need a real MMA fan a guy who's a real MMA guy and I feel like I fit the bill. Right. Um, so that's why I'm a little egotistical when I thought like this thing was going to take off the way it was. Um, I guess I, I, you know, uh, it's, it's just, I was egotistical and narcissistic in in the way I viewed that. Um, but I'm incredibly proud of what we've done and and I'm going to keep, keep, keep going. Sorry to stutter there, like water boy. I'm going to keep going because I love doing it and I'm not going to quit because I can't, figure some things out. We're going to iron things out along the way. We're going to we're going to um we're going to make this the best it can be essentially. And I'm so proud of what I've done so far and how far I've come. If you listen to the first show, listen to this show, completely different sound quality, you hear my voice is different, I'm more comfortable. Um all those things add up, I think I you know in my opinion, I overanalyze everything, so I'm very critical of shows and everything. I have a podcast I did with Austin where I didn't put out because I felt like we were being too mean to people. So I'm very critical, um, of everything I do. And, and I think that's the way it should be. But, um, you know, it just, it, my arrogance I think was my downfall. And I guess I never realized that I never really told myself what it was. I was just getting mad and getting frustrated. Like, why isn't this happening for me? Why isn't this? And it's just so real ridiculous to even think about, to even say, um, but, you know, it's true. Like, I, might, you know, it's 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 one of those things where it's like, I thought you you would, you would put something out. And if it's good quality, if you think it's good, because I'm my heart's just critic. And I think some of the shows I've put out have been pretty good. Some haven't been great. Some are great. This might not be great. This, you might be hearing me rambling going, shut the fuck up. But, you know, I feel like we're doing a pretty good job compared to some of the other guys. I've listened to every single fucking podcast, MMA related, that's on iTunes. I've listened to every one. I swear to you, I have. Not just the big guys. I've listened to everything. And I think we're up there with the with the big guys. I've listened to famous fighters have podcasts. Not that great, right? I don't come into this, and I know I was talking about how arrogant I was before. A lot of fighters, and I'm not going to name names, I'm not going to throw shots out there that have podcasts, they think that they're so entertaining that if they just say something that it's gonna it's gonna be w- worth something listening to. Now they're gonna get a list they're gonna get a few listens because of their name recognition at all. But just because you have a name and you're a fighter doesn't mean you always have something to say. I don't believe in you know if, if you're not in politics don't talk about politics. If you're not in movies don't talk about movies. If you're not an athlete you can't comment on an, uh, you know a sport or whatever. I think that's ridiculous. I think some critics are a little harsher. Then they need to be right and the fighters and and athletes get, well, why don't you try it? You know, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not my job. My job is to comment on what you're doing. There are experts in this world that have never done a certain thing, right? I do agree. Some of the media, MMA media in particular are terrible, but you know, but some fighters have podcasts and their arrogance, like myself, they think that if they just say anything it's going to get, that's enough, right? They don't care about the content. They don't care about what they're saying. If I say something, it's good, right? Um, There's not a ton of MMA podcasts I listen to, if I'm being quite honest with you, on a regular basis. I'll catch Joe Rogan when he's got an MMA guy on there. John Anik and Kenny Florian is a great podcast. I think those guys kind of keep it real. I think Kenny Florian is very underrated. I think a lot of people don't realize what we miss. If you listen to some of the fights he called in the past with Anik, they're fantastic. They're way better than I think he's the best analyst there is. We'll get to Dominic Cruz about that idiot at 237, but uh, you know it's it's just um, sorry now 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 I lost my train of thought I have no idea what I was talking about but MMA podcast the guys MMA et cetera, podcast in Canada great stuff they don't put out a lot of stuff um, because there's like four of them they get together drink some brews they watch some fights uh, obviously they they you know their podcast is great I'm jealous of them because I'm doing this myself and they got four buddies doing it. Um, but yeah, but they don't put out like a ton of stuff. I'm putting out one or two a week and, um, yeah. So long story short, I was burnt out because I felt like I fully never wrapped my head around the whole me freaking out thing in the hospital, which is completely separate from this podcast. And then when I had time to think and reflect, I go, well, I'm also a little blinded, maybe a little arrogant about the way I view the podcast and the way I think it should be going, right? No one deserves anything. I'm trying to work for it. I don't think I need to be handed out. I don't anything like that. When I first started this podcast, the, the, I got a huge ego, huge ego boost. When I first started MMA and the podcast, I got a message on what was it? It was an Instagram. Maybe I think it was an email. It was an email from the website of another website. Um, it was an MMA website. I forget what it's called. They had their own podcast as well. They emailed me and was like, you know, we're interested in bringing you on, blah, blah, blah. And this is literally like a month in, maybe a couple of weeks in to the podcast MMA takes. So I'm like, nah, I'm good. You know, the, I don't I'm sure they're going to pay me like pennies for an article or whatever it was or whatever. I'm like, no, I'm good. You know, and that gave me this huge ego boost where I'm like, oh, dude, I'm going to get fucking, I'm going to probably get an offer a month when they hear me. And the only other thing that came up was, a radio, uh, I guess they host podcasts or whatever. They email me on or direct message me on Instagram it was like, Hey, I love what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. Maybe thinking about bringing you on our network or whatever. And I DM them back or whatever. Like, okay, well, what does that entail? Like, what does that mean? Yada, yada. And they never, they literally never, they stopped following me. And then they fucking never DM me back. So I have no idea what that was about. Maybe they got the wrong guy. I don't know. But, um, so I had a huge ego boost in the beginning and I just thought, okay, this is, this is a fucking, this is going to take off. Right. And I think, I have a, a good point of view. And and then being narcissistic, you know, I've been accused of being that and being egotistical and arrogant and all that stuff. The one thing I can I can honestly sit here and say without a shadow of a doubt is I bring something that the guys getting paid a lot of money do not bring, right? I don't think there's a lot of good MMA commentators. I think Chael and Ariel, they teamed them up. I think Chael's getting stale a little bit. Chael getting stale. I didn't even mean to rhyme that. and I fucking did. That's how fucking on fire I am. But there there needs to be a little bit of a shift in what what MMAs on uh UFC or, excuse me, MMAs on ESPN now. There needs to be a shift. We've had the same guys forever, right? There needs to be some new blood, they need to bring some people up. And if that's not me, I'm okay with that. Obviously, I would like it to be me. I mean, if I'm gonna sit here and bullshit, yeah, I would like it to be me. However, there needs to be a different, new, a new point of view. That new guy walking around who I think he has an accent, he wears those big horn glasses tie suit and tie he's got like a a shit like a fancy haircut like euro trash haircut no idea what his name is i think it's like he's doing like a bit i don't know but he seems new to me and he's getting all these interviews i don't know who the fuck he works for then you guys got like a robbie fox who i've already mentioned he works at barstool and i love barstool but when your mma guy is crying at avengers and then getting like lifesaver tattoos on his arm No offense if you are listening to this and you're into that stuff. Like, listen, I'm going to go see the Avengers. I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but I'll go see it. But I'm not going to fucking cry, right? I mean, what's sad about it? A superhero dies? Who fuck cares, right? Oh, the guy got paid $30 million to die on screen. Why are you crying, right? And then the beat, you know, and that's my beef with Robbie Fox. MMA to me is number one. The only thing I would miss over a UFC is if, Obviously, if I have another kid and they're born on the UFC, obviously, I'm not going to, I'll probably miss that one. And if the Bengals ever go to the Super Bowl and I got to miss, if they put a UFC like right before the Super Bowl, I'm, I'm going to miss that one. Robbie Fox is about a list of 20 things he would miss before catching a UFC, no matter the size of it, right? I don't like that. I want my guy committed. I want my guy dedicated. Errol Hawani, I think he got into this thing to be a professional wrestler reporter and somehow fell ass backwards at MMA. I think he's washed. I think he's done. He's trash. I've already talked about him, whatever. The only other guy that's in it that I've compared myself to, not compared myself to, but said he's the lane I want is Brendan Schaub. But again, it's like, you know, he's, he's doesn't, he, he has a foot in MMA kind of, because that's where it, it got him where he's at. If he becomes a, a successful up or, or, you know, whatever, then he's, he's to leave MMA behind. The reason he's doing these Showtime shows is to get the stand up special. Right, he signed these deals, everything like that. He doesn't truly care about MMA. It's like a, it's like a chore to him to talk about it. To me, it's not. This is what I want to do. So, all those things were going on in my mind, and then the realization was: well, we're plateauing. We're, our numbers are actually going down. They reached a peak that, if Joe Rogan or part of My Take got three thousand downloads or listens for a podcast, one podcast they fucking get shut down. Right? They, they I mean they, they would make no money. But me, I'm extremely proud of that, and I'm, and I'm going to be extremely proud of that. It's just, I guess, my expectations in my head, which is my own fault, led me to you know delusions of grandeur or whatever it was. So it, it took me a little time to come back to Earth and realize this is what we need to do. So I did a State of the Union where I said, well, everything I want to do with the show, you know, I think that was kind of a mistake because... I got to appreciate what I'm doing here, right? I got to appreciate what I'm talking about. I have people that are loyal listeners that do reach out to me and I appreciate those people tremendously. They're incredible. So I need to appreciate what we're doing. Obviously getting guests and talking to fighters and, and and developing relationship with fighters. That's the goal. That's the goal to get the name out. There's the goal to be every, everybody wants to be successful. I don't think there's no shame in wanting to be successful. I'm not one of those guys. that's like, you know, like if I'm watching, um, you know, if I'm watching uh a, like Breaking Bad, for example, right? When people were watching Breaking Bad, I caught Breaking Bad late and there were guys go, oh, I'm not watching Breaking Bad anymore. Too fucking mainstream, man. Like I'm not one of those guys, right? Like mainstream is cool to me. Like, if you know what I mean? It's like people who probably stopped watching Game of Thrones because it got too mainstream. All these fucking yuppies are talking about it, man. Like I'm not a hipster doofus. I'm not one of those guys. I don't want to be. Talking in this microphone by myself in my office for the the rest of time. I want this to expand. Obviously, I think it's you, you take away from your own product if you act like you don't want it to expand and you don't want these bigger things. My thing is, is I need to reel in my expectations and really focus on making the show better and what I can do here, as opposed to what is the future. Because I've slept walked through a few shows. In my opinion, I have. And I really need to add more time and 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 patience into this, and and make it the best product I can. That way, my the way I, where I want to go is more attainable because I'm putting in the work. And I think I am putting in work, and I'm putting in a good show. I dare you to listen to any other you know MMA podcast. Uh, that is recorded out of house that has the quality that I have. I dare you. It, it just doesn't happen. There's none out there, right? A lot of these guys record over uh, Google Chat and they just blend it together with no editing, no nothing. Some of them have a really cool intro song. I listen to them like, man, this intro song's fucking badass. They, you know, they produce this themselves, obviously. And they get on and it's like they're talking through a phone or fucking they're in like a fucking bucket or something like that. So I hang myself on the quality of the show. I think that's it. I think uh, 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 I think that I, I touched on everything I wanted to touch on. I know that was long. I mean, what do we go half hour there? Yeah, about twenty five minutes. So I know that was long. Um, I just need to get off my chest. A lot of people were wondering why I missed last week. Everything's fine. Just need kind of like a mental break, and kind of really you know I always assess myself and reevaluate, re-evaluate myself. I always. I love one of the things I like about myself. I, I know I talk about, I'm talking about myself as a podcast and it's probably, you're probably nauseous hearing that, but I do self-analyze. I do have really good self-awareness. I know when things are off kiltered or, or when I'm fucking up or whatever, but um, I just wanted to share that with you of why I missed last week and, and maybe where my head's at and what we're trying to go forward, what we're planning to do to go forward, right? I'm not going to keep harping on trying to get guests because I'm doing that behind the scenes. I'm, we're going to get one on i obviously tweet it out. And the one thing, oh, that's the one thing I want to talk about. All the things I said, right? It starts with me. There's no one to blame but me. The biggest shows in the world, podcast-wise, they they tweet out, they promote, they tweet out, they send links, they promote. I don't do any of that. Rarely, very rarely do you see me plugging my shit on most of my social media. I mean, I do a little bit, but every show, I need to be pumping that out. On both Instagram and Twitter, I need to start hashtagging. I'm very social media capable. I'm not 100. I don't, you know, it's like, oh, what's this gadget do? I understand the 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 philosophy behind it. I need to do it. That's on me. That's on my end. So, if you follow me and you subscribe to me and you listen to me, I do apologize in advance when I start shoving this shit down your throat. You guys can ignore it. It's for the people who have listened, who haven't subscribed, or the people who have listened before and they didn't follow we're trying to build a brand here. We're trying to take MMA by storm. I think it's the greatest sport in the world. I love it more than anything. And, um, and I love you guys for listening to me talking about the greatest sport in the world. So uh, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to that ramble. And we'll get into some stuff we missed. We got Ottawa. We got UFC 237. We got Bellator. All right. So UFC Ottawa was May 4th. Seems like forever ago. About two weeks ago, almost two weeks ago. And I went five and seven of my picks. Not great. Didn't go great. Miss Guy Young beat Cole Smith. Cole Smith looked pretty good in his debut. Ajahn Buller beat Juan Adams. Juan Adams, who's been calling out Greg Hardy, Um, you know, he got my heart with that one. You know, I love that he's calling out Greg Hardy. Looked very average. Looked like the five and 0 fighter, six and 0 fighter that he is. Uh, Buller was just a better wrestler, better overall MMA uh, fighter. I haven't seen these fights in a while. I mean, I watched them once on, I watched them live, but I watched them once. So my recall might not be great, but I do remember Buller being the bully and it would be very boring. And then Kyle Nelson versus Matt sales. Matt sales won a decision. I believe, uh, it was, it was a good fight. Kyle Nelson, tough draw in his home crowd. I think he took this on short notice. Maybe I'm wrong. Matt sales, a guy turns out of Alliance, dominant Cruz guy, uh, disappointed in his UFC debut. Look good in the contender series. Look good here. You know, was moving, moving pretty well. And, um, uh, tremendous upside for him at featherweight. We'll, we'll see who he gets next. Uh, I got that fight right, though, by the way. Nordin Tlaib versus Kyle Prepled- That guy. I can't pronounce his last name. Uh, Kyle was tiny. Uh, shouldn't be fighting at welterweight. Nordin Tlaib looked huge. Dominate that fight as well. Next up, we have Vince Morales versus... Uh, Amen Sahabi, versus brother, this fight. Uh, Vernon Morales won a decision, pretty an entertaining fight. I got this fight wrong. Next up, we got Sarah Marais versus so Macy Shasazian. Shasazian dominated again. Uh, she fought at 135, which I thought was weird. I think she's uh, she should be at 45. I think she can get a title shot tomorrow. if She's at 45. She's a real deal chick. She's uh, she's a really, really talented fighter. I got the fight right. Next up, Andrew Sanchez versus Marc Andre Bolut uh, Belu was making his debut. Knockout puncher Sanchez did what Sanchez does. Grinder uh, took some shots, gave some shots, but you know just outworked them. And a pretty boring fight there. Walt Harris versus Sergei Sp- uh Sergei was a fight I got I got wrong. Walt Harris dominated him within the first round. Walt looked like a beast. That was an underdog pick that I got wrong. Uh, Brad Katona versus Marab das- 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 Dasavilli. uh Marab again animal. I got this fight wrong. I thought Katona was gonna be. Uh, I thought he was going to handle the grappling, because Marab's going to take you down. I thought he was going to handle the grappling exchanges better. I thought his stand-up was better. Marab's pace and cardio was just something else. Katona didn't gasp by any means, just couldn't keep up with him. Marab was such an animal in there. Uh, that was a big win for him at 135, and he needed it. He's had some two ugly losses with the Simone loss, and I think he, had another, he dropped another loss in there as well, but he's back-to-back wins now. Uh, I think you got to give him a guy flirting outside the top 15 right now. Give him a solid guy. Maybe give him a striker. I want to see how he handles a guy that maybe can stop the takedown and and, and maybe land some shots on his feet. Uh, Ricky Simone rematch wouldn't be the worst thing in the world either, but Simone, I mean, I don't think he's lost a fight yet um, in the UFC. And then Cub Swanson versus Shane Burgos. I got this fight wrong. Took the under on Cub. Cub hasn't won a fight in a while. I thought he's going to win this fight. Shane Burgos, big, huge 145er. Um, looked good in there. Cub was landing some shots. It was a closer fight than I think the judge or, the, excuse me, the the um, announcers were, were basically scoring it. I thought it was 29-28. It could have went either way. 30-27 for Cub, I believe, was one what judge said, which was crazy. I think it was a close fight. I think you can make an argument for anything. But Burgos, I did have winning on my scorecard. He looked good. He looked big. He looked strong. Uh, Cub needs to get a win, man. I, I mean, there's nothing to it. Uh, Derek Brunson versus Elias odoro I mean, why is Elias odoro fighting in the UFC? I mean, this guy's stand-up is so bad. He has one method of victory. He gets in that clinch. He throws some knees. He throws some punches. He tries to take you down. If you're at a distance with him, he throws these weird kicks, these weird punches. He's very awkward, but he looks so bad. Like I can't believe this guy's 17-2 or 17-3 now. He fought Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson fought a really smart fight and, and stayed on the outside and, and knew, like, I'm not going to play this guy's game. I have more power. I can stop a takedown. I can move forward and control the pace, and that's what Derek Brunson did. Snoozer of a fight. Really bad. I got that fight wrong. Uh, right, excuse me. I picked Derek Brunson. He was a slight underdog, I believe, at closing. Um, I just I can't wrap my head around how Elias Odoro is has that good of a record, won the ultimate fighter, and is in the UFC. I, I don't understand it. Main event time ally Quinto versus Donald, Cowboy Cerrone. Incredible, incredible main event. I knew this was going to be an incredible main event. I had Cowboy, I had Dad Cowboy as the underdog. I got this fight right. Um, I just didn't think Al had enough for Cowboy. I, di- I didn't see how Al could win besides the fact of him moving forward and landing big shots. I don't think Al has, I mean, he definitely has power, but I don't think he has that one touch knockout power that's like scary. I think he's more of a pressure guy, throwing big shots. If he gets you down, great, he'll take you out. But um, but Cowboy, I think in this point in his career, I think he can maybe work around that. I think body shots are his big problem now, but big, heavy punchers. Like, Ally Quint is not a, a Jorge Masvidal boxer. Jorge Masvidal slick. Darren Till's a big, pretty clean, slick boxer. Ally Quint is not those things. So I really like Cowboy in this fight. He won. He looked fantastic. He looked impressive. He's already signed up for Tony Ferguson in June, which is another really impressive thing. Even more so, he came out and he said, like, I didn't want to be there. And I've heard fighters say this before. Trust me. Sometimes I think we all go through this. Like, we just don't want to go to work. He was trying to warm up in the back and just didn't want to do it. He didn't want to grapple did he want to hit pads. And he said the old cowboy would have lost because he would have went out there, quit and be like, it's not my night. Oh, well, fucking well, I'll fight fucking next weekend. But he dug down deep for his son, and it's very inspiring that he's he became this new fighter, newfound fighter with his son. There, I find it very inspiring, and uh, he looked great. First round was shaky for I think both guys, but then he, when Cowboy found his range and he picked Al apart, he hit Al with a knee, which I believe hurt his eye. Busted now, Al up, dropped out a few times. First time Al's been ever been dropped. Super impressed by Cowboy Cerrone. Um, I think the winner so, winner of Ferguson Cerrone in June. I think they're gonna have a date with Connor in September. Um, they can't put Connor and Khabib on the same card, but throw a card out in Vegas or something like that, or maybe even in Ireland. I think either of those guys will jump at the opportunity to go to Ireland to fight Connor. I think it'd be very interesting. I think uh, Ferguson, Tony, Tony Ferguson and Cowboy Cerrone is a fucking hell of a fight. Where does that leave Justin Gaethje? 55 stack right now. Justin Gaethje, I know, is going to be very selective of his fights. Him and Alain Quinta might make a lot of sense, in my opinion. I don't know. But that was Ottawa. Uh, five and seven on the picks. Not my best night of the world, but fights were okay. Wasn't uh, I mean, didn't knock my dick in the dirt or anything like that. But it's pretty good. So let's move on to UFC 237. Uh, it stunk. Okay, l- listen, I didn't pay 60 bucks for this. I don't like illegally streaming fights. I'm not gonna condone that or anything like that. I'm not gonna tell you how you can do it. Um, but I couldn't justify paying sixty bucks because I wanted to see two fights on this card: the main event in Volkanovski versus Jose Aldo. Those are the only fights I want to see on this card, and um, it, it just it wasn't it wasn't the best card in the world, right? Let's just let's just be honest. I don't even want to go through the whole thing. I want to highlight some things. BJ Penn is done. Um, I promised on this podcast that I would not watch another BJ Penn fight because of just everything he's done in the past. I mean, just losing and just getting heel hooked in a minute by Ryan Hall. I, I just couldn't do it. He fought Craig Guida. A lot of people are like, Oh, BJ won the first round. Yeah. But he's not the same. He's not the same. I, mean, he, I don't know why he's fighting. I know there's some real, real life baggage that's happening on his side uh, with the kids and everything like that. And um, I haven't commented really on it yet, but I mean, I mean, BJ is really close to not becoming my guy. Not because he's getting his ass kicked in the ring, but because of all the stories that are coming out with his, with his lady and, and the kids and stuff like that. You just can't have that. It's terrible. I don't know if they're true. This woman could just be dragging his name through the mud because he's famous and everything like that, but it's not a good look. Um, I wanted BJ to retire forever ago. I think he now holds the record for the longest losing streak. And it was really weird. He On fight week, he was saying he wants the title. like He was going for the title. Like, bro, you're 41 years old. You haven't won a fight since 2010. You want to fight nine years. You want, to, you want to get a title shot? Like, you would have to win for the next nine years to get a title shot at 155. Like, imagine BJ Penn fighting Justin Gaethje. Like, I don't even want to fucking imagine it. Like, Justin Gaethje would eat him up. BJ, I love you. You're one of my favorite fighters of all time. Your time has passed. Time to move on, right? You have a business. You probably have money. I don't know what your situation is. Time to move on, man. Just time to go. Uh, so that was disappointing. I promise I wouldn't watch. Of course, I did watch and and BJ gassing after the first round's classic BJ and getting outstruck by Clay Guida. I mean, it's just. I mean, what do you, what are you gonna do? Worley Aves versus Sergio Morais. Very entertaining fight. Sergio Morais is 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 a tough guy. If he gets the fight to the ground, Worley Aves knocked him out with an uppercut. It was beautiful. Uh, Tiago Moses was cut. Hulliba Kurt That was an entertaining fight as well. Tiago Moses won that uh, by decision. It was 30 26, 30 26, 30 27. I thought Kurt Fulibur took a lot of shots, but I think he was in there. He's a gamer. He's tough. I think he'll probably get cut, but uh, I wasn't like, I, I didn't think he got steamrolled by the way the judges scored it. Uh, Ryan Spann beat Little Nog, knocked out in the first round. I mean, who the fuck didn't see that coming? Ryan Spann could have been a plus two, or excuse me, a minus 2,000. I probably would have put money on him uh Arena Donna beat Beth cojera Beth uh Beth cojera uh Laurion Sarpoli versus tiago Alves probably one of the fights in a night really entertaining fight Loriana Sarpoli Star- uh really close fight I thought they were going to give it to Alves because in in Brazil but 30 27 30 27 29 28 Sarpoli uh I think the right guy won Sarpoli uh, showed some toughness in that fight and he's a fucking banger of a dude. I mean, if his chin can hold up like it did in the obvious fight, I think we got a real problem at 170. This kid, this kid's a real deal. Uh, Alexander Vol- Volkanovsky versus Jose Aldo. This is the fight I was looking forward to the most. It stunk. Jose Aldo did not show up. I don't know what that Aldo was. That was the Aldo that would have lost to Chad Mendez both times. That's the Aldo that would have probably lost to a lot of people. He just, for whatever reason, didn't pull the trigger. Kenny Florian had a great, uh, observation today on his the podcast. They do. Uh, where he said when he got eye poked, it wasn't that bad of an eye poke, but Jose won it a time. And he thinks that that mentally he was like, I didn't want to be there in there with him. Obviously, he continued to fight, and the fight didn't get stopped. But a lot of fighters would have worked out of that because he didn't think it was that bad. It was, it was interesting to take because I'm really into the mental aspects of fighting as well. I think mental is like a big part of the game. I think there's something wrong with his leg that he's not telling anybody. I don't know why he's not throwing low kicks like he used to. I know he was in the hospital like a month ago. Um, with something, I don't remember what it was. I think he he got sick and got put in hospital, and this fight was in jeopardy. He still fought because you know he's the king of Rio, but really horrible performance by him. I did not see that at all. I did not make picks for this fight um, for any of this card. I didn't, I didn't, you know, do a pick on podcast. I didn't bet. I kind of you know dissed myself a little bit. I still watched, but I didn't, I didn't put any skin in the game. Um, I actually thought Joe Zator was going to win this fight, uh, you know, by a decision. I thought he could decision Volkanovski. I thought Volkanovski was. As good as he's been, I didn't know if he was ready for Jose yet, but he proved me wrong. He fought a great fight. A fucking bull of a guy, headstrong, fast, quick, everything like that. And I just found out today, before I got on here, that he has like a blood uh, infection from a cut that he got maybe on his foot. Um, He left Brazil and he flew to Santiago, Chile, I guess, to take a connecting flight to Australia. Before he got on the flight, he complained about his feet hurting. And they were swelled up. And when he when he landed in Chile, his feet were even more swollen. He felt terrible. So they admitted him to the hospital, gave him some antibiotics. Apparently, he's got some kind of blood infection they think maybe got through his feet. Scary stuff. Listen, I don't know. You know, No disrespect to Santiago, Chile. But if I'm in a hospital and I got a blood infection, I probably don't want to be in Santiago, Chile. I mean, I'm just saying. Um, I could be wrong about that. They could have some of the best medical professionals in the world. Uh, I'm dumb and uneducated in that part. But uh, yeah, that does, you know, I would try my best to get home, but obviously if you have got a blood disease you can die. You got to you got to do something. Uh co-main event if you want to call it that, Jaden Carneiro versus Anderson Silva. Um listen, I, I mean Anderson's not getting steamrolled by anybody. A lot of people were really high on the uh, Adesanya fight because Alissonnya's not a champion. Um and Anderson held in there for three rounds. You know, it was a sparring match. I think there was a lot of respect in there. I think I think Adesanya could have finished the fight, and he didn't. I think Silva hasn't looked right in a little bit. Um, my theory is, is is that maybe he was on steroids most of his career, and now he can't be. That's me, allegedly. That's just my opinion. I'm not accusing the guy of doing anything. I know he's been busted twice already, but um, you got four or five kids, and you say you take dick pills. I don't know. I don't know if you have a problem in that area right now or if you did when you're in your 30s. But um, if you look at some old pictures of Anderson Silva, I know he's a lean guy, but he was pretty pretty jacked compared to what he is now. I know he's a little bit older now, but even at thirty-nine forty, he was pretty jacked. I don't think four years makes that much of a difference on your body. I mean, look at Yoel Romero, that guy's fucking jacked. I mean, but I mean that might be a bad example, because that you know, who knows what Yoel's on? I don't know, but he's a fucking freaking nature. I think even if Yoel wasn't on anything, uh, he still looked like that. Anderson Silva, there's some question marks in my head, but this fight was Jerry Cannonier is a tough guy. Jared Cannonier is very good. He looks so fucking shredded at 185. It's crazy. Com- seen him, seen highlights of him at at heavyweight. How fat he was? Shredded, shredded meat at at uh, 185. Um, inside leg kick and Anderson. Everyone thought Anderson blew his leg out, but uh, it all everything came back today that it did not. So, did I think it? I don't know. What, I mean, what are we gonna say here, right? Anderson's one of the greatest of all time. Did he get inside kicked? And it happened a lot. He got kicked a lot. And Kananir is a fucking well-put-together guy. Did he just quit because it hurt? Because no ligaments are damaged. His leg's not broken. Uh, All the ACL, all the ligaments are intact. I said that. Um, So did he just quit because it was painful? And then he suggested he's not retiring. So, I mean, did we just see the greatest of all time go down because of of love of, of an inside leg kick and we all assumed and Jared Kennedy got booed because he won the fight like Brazil chill out I know it's Anderson Silva but I understand you booing if Jared Kennedy ran around the cage and went crazy it's like okay he got injured like relax bro but now it comes out that there's nothing wrong with Anderson he's not injured he just got fucking his leg kicked off and it hurt he quit essentially I mean I hate to say it, but I'm gonna fucking say it. And then the main event, Rose versus Jessica Andres. Oh man. I you know, listen, Rose is a sweetheart of the UFC. I I have a special place in my heart for Rose because she won me a lot of money on the Joanna first fight. I had Rose all the way in that fight and the second fight as well. She looked so good in the first round. She did. She was piecing Andres up, but what's so unfortunate about this fight is Rose is the sweetheart of the UFC, so everyone's going, well, wow, you know, you look so good. You got cop blah, blah. Listen, Andrade needs to get some credit here. It's an MMA fight. I don't... The slam was legal, right? Rose was going for a submission. She slammed her, right? I don't understand why people are getting up in arms about that. I think I think Andrade fought a beautiful fight. She got pieced up in that first round, but and she got dropped. But guess what? She came back, and she was swinging. And Rose... Her her footwork looked unbelievable, but Andrade also looked like she was cutting the ring off pretty well in that second round. Um, Andrade is so big and so strong for that division. She used to fight at 135, which is crazy because she's short, but she's short and built like a fucking fire hydrant. She's strong. And uh, Dominic Cruz, who we all know I do not like Dominic Cruz in commentary. I love him in the cage, but... They need to get the guy out of the booth. He's so annoying. And when him and DC are together, he over DC. I want to hear more DC than fucking Dominic Cruz. Um, Early in the first round, I think, Andra's went for that slam, and Rose had her arm as a Kimura. And Dominic's like, that's why she did that. You cannot slam from this position. And then Rose went to a nice little arm bar, scrambled back up to the feet. It was wonderful. Second round, she goes to the same thing, and Dominic Cruz goes, she can keep reaching for the arm, but she can't get slammed here. Andras knows that. She's got to do something else. Five seconds later, Andras picks you up. Rose is trying to piss uh pivot her feet out, kick her feet out to do maybe an a flying armbar or do what she did last time. Dumped right on her head. Dominic, I thought you said he couldn't get slammed here. Dominic, you're an incredible, incredible mixed martial artist. One of the greatest, greatest band and weights of all time. But bro. But bro, what are you doing? Like you don't need to be. Making these statements like that, like what is going on? Like I just—he's uh, getting a little too much for me in the in in the booth, right? I want to hear more Felder. I want to hear more DC. A lot less of Dom Cruz. It's just—it's just the way it is. I'm sorry. I'm drinking. I'm parched. Um, Bellator was this weekend. It was a double header. First off, when did the zone first? I first second off. No, real first off. D-A-Z-N is not the zone. I hate calling it the zone. Fuck you. Secondly, I think I've used three or four emails on that and got like a free month. I went back to do it again. They did not offer a free month and it went up from 10 bucks to 20 Huh? That's a fucking bait and switch. Fuck you. So, again, I caught those fights, not via the zone. And I'm not going to tell you how I did it because I'm not going to promote that behavior. But I was very interested in the co-main the main event, A.T. McKee as well. So three things. Jack Swagger fought, and I know he wants to go by Jake Hager or whatever. The guy's name's Jack Swagger. You're walking out to your WWE theme music, bro. You got this fucking personality in the cage. He said he had a boner in the cage or some weird shit like that. Like, shut the fuck up. You're Jack Swagger. He fought a guy, and listen, we went through the first half of the show, me talking about how narcissistic I am and egotistical I am and all that stuff like that. Jack Swagger fought a guy named TJ Jones. who's one-on-one as, as an MMA professional. I would beat TJ Jones in an MMA fight. That's all I'm saying. I, and, and, not, and furthermore, I would have done better than what TJ Jones did. TJ Jones fought Jack Swagger, who was a collegiate wrestler, a really good collegiate wrestler. And I know you have a limited skill set and probably a limited time frame, but you had to have known you are going to get taken down and probably submitted. He's got one fucking submission in the arm triangle. You couldn't fucking train in time for that. Like, you couldn't figure that out. Um, And I hate making claims that I can never back up. But trust me, and don't trust me. I'm going to fucking just say it anyway. I would have done better against Jack Swagger than TJ Jones did. And if TJ Jones and I did have an MMA fight, I would beat TJ Jones. That's all I'm going to say, right? All you got to do is take him down. He doesn't know what he's doing. He was flat on his back with Jack Swagger and side control and he's not bucking. He's not kicking his feet are by the fence. He's not trying to go up the fence at all. He's just sitting there letting him, he's trying to get key locked or camoored. And the fine Jack Swagger jumped to a fucking arm triangle. Cause that's the only thing submission. He knows like, what are you doing? Bellator? First of all, Bellator, why'd you book this guy? He got roasted at the, um, I guess at the weigh in press conference thing or whatever they did. Cause what his outfit was, they're like, who the fuck, where'd they get this guy at? Like they say he was one and one, but I mean, come on. Like, TJ Jones, it looks like he's never fought before. Jack Swagger held the choke a little longer. Uh, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I kind of believe it. But, I mean, the post-fight was weird. He said he's rock hard with a boner right now. I'm like, come on, bro. I don't need to know that. Just shut the fuck up. Uh, MVP versus Douglas Lima was entertaining, to say the least. MVP, a guy who... Good personality, everything like that, but I've never been, like, super impressed with him, right? I think his striking's good, but it's like, I feel like we've seen it before with those karate guys, like if you him and Steven Thompson fight, I think Steven Thompson wins. Um, so we've seen guys like him before and Douglas Lima knocked him out. And it was incredible. He bounces a lot in that front leg and Douglas Lima's got a great calf kick. Cat kicked his leg. He fell as he was trying to get up, uppercut knockout. It was awesome. I think the first time he's ever got knocked out. I don't think he's ever been knocked out in kickboxing either. So that was pretty awesome. Douglas Lima now in the finals, probably going to fight either win or no. I know he's going to fight Roy McDonald or Neiman Gracie, probably Roy McDonald, even though Roy McDonald, Wants to be like a pastor and doesn't want to fight anymore. I don't know that guy's. That guy doesn't know who he is. But um, really entertaining stuff out of that fight. And then um, AJ McKee, he fought Pat Kern. Old Pat Kern has been around forever. He hasn't fought in a while. Typical Pat Kern fight. Pat Kern um, is, is is a guy that if he's gonna lose, he's not gonna throw a lot of offense. He's very safe. He's a safe fighter. AJ McKee, I thought, fought brilliantly. Um, that that kid's the real deal. He really is. This is his first big test. First big name. Um, I really like everything about him. He's a good wrestler, good striker. Um, knows distance really well. I, he needs to get into maybe a, a firefight before I really crown him. Him and Pitbull on the conference call, I believe we're getting into it. Um, I don't know if that's next for him or not. I think maybe one more guy. Bellator doesn't have a deep, deep bench. I know they want to do a 145 pound tournament. I believe they'll see who fights Pitbull or a Pitbull might even be in that. But, um, Agent McKee got my eyes on this kid a lot. Uh, and speaking of Pitbull, he fought Michael Chandler. It was their champ-champ fight. Pitbull went up to 155, which to me is, is, is significant because I think he's kind of a smaller 145. Or he's pretty muscular, but he's not a big guy. Chandler, um, God, listen, you should have you should have signed with the UFC when, when you were hot now. Um, he's been in a lot of wars. Uh, he, I, I think the fight got stopped a little soon, If I, if I'm being honest with you. He got clipped and got dropped by Pipple and then and then the ref kind of jumped in a little early there. Um, I think it's his body language, the way Chandler falls. I think it's it's off-putting and the refs kinda are alarmed for a second there, because he does get dropped quite a bit. I don't know what that was. Oh, that's my that's my daughter knocking on the door. Excuse me why? I handle this. Okay. Sorry about that interruption. I'm, I scared the shit out of me. My daughter was Taking her book and pounding on the door, I didn't know what it was. I thought, I mean, I wasn't in the zone talking about Michael Chandler. I thought fucking shit was falling off the ceiling. I didn't know who that. What the hell? What the hell's going on? Um, so Michael Chandler should have signed with the UFC when he had the chance. Is it just me? I mean, this is between you and I, but is it just me? Does Michael Chandler have like a little cum belly, a little steroid belly to me, right? You ever look at the guy? He's got a big belly with abs coming out. Remember GSP had that, and everyone's like, "GSP, he's got a fucking look at his belly with the abs." Michael channel has got that a little bit. Mm. Hmm. Something to think about. Something to think about. So, good weekend for MMA. I'm, I'm, uh, I was very happy with it. Um, you know, I I watched it without having any money on the line or really, really any. Uh, you know, I didn't, I rooted. I didn't really have anybody to root for. I guess I was rooting for good fights. I didn't have like a guy fighting. Um and uh or a girl fighting. Uh it was good. It was it was a good, nice little UFC weekend. I thought UFC 37 stunk. I thought Bellator was pretty good. Obviously, they need to do a little bit better matchmaking, in my opinion. I thought the the main event and co-main event were sure fires. I thought MVP versus Lima was very interesting. Uh first time Lima or excuse me MVP fought like a real, real guy. And then the main event was obviously interesting as well with uh with Chandler and Pitbull in their first, I think, champ on champ fight or champ champ fight. So before we get out of here, two things, or three things, three fights got announced. Egger, Holloway, Stipe, ADC two in August, and Pettis and Diaz. Um, I'm going to rank those one, two, three of which ones I care about the most. Uh, Egger, Holloway, one. Stipe, ADC two. Pettis, Diaz, three. Don't really care about Pettis, Diaz. I think I know how the fight's going to go. I know everyone's high Anthony Pettis because he knocked out um, Stephen Thompson, which is very impressive. But Nate's going to come out and fucking box him up, and he's going to put pressure on him and... Uh, and it, the body shots and everything's going to wear down Pettis and Pettis is going to fade a little bit. And, and that's what it is. Um, it's going to be entertaining, leading up to it. They both, I, I think Pettis is going to be a little more vocal. I think he can make a lot of money in this. And I think that's going down in August in Anaheim and steep ADC two, That's in August as well. I don't know if that's Anaheim or not, but that's a pay-per-view in August. This fight needed to happen. Uh, the Brock fight went away and, and DC's came out and said, you know, I vote steep a he did a grappling match a little bit, but he's kind of stayed quiet. I know they had their Twitter back and forth, and Stipe went on Arrow yesterday and called DC an idiot for not you know, wanting to fight him again or something like that. Um, right now, I think it's going to probably end up the same way it ended up last time, if I'm being honest with you. I think DC just has his number. And, and then I, what's really refreshing is DC did say, I have to end my career by cutting to 205 and fighting John Jones again. I have to. That's the fight we all want to see, right? I want to see Stipe, excuse me, John Jones, DC three. A lot of controversy surrounding their fights. I mean, when he when he knocked out DC, that's a no contest now because he was on steroids. And the first time they fought, who knows if he was on steroids? DC was was not the fighter he is now that he was the first time they fought either. A lot of people want that fight a heavyweight. It needs to be at two hundred five. Rematch at two hundred five. John Jones is. Touring with his nutrition company right now, which is so laughable to me. You're really touring with a nutrition company when all you talk about is tainted supplements. Like, what are you doing, bro? Um, not a good look, in my opinion. If you're, or you're crying wolf with tainted supplements and you're training, you're doing a tour with you know your supplement company. Uh, uh, I don't know about that. Um, but that fight needs to happen, Stipe DC, and then hopefully Jones will will beat uh, Tiago um, and they will fight. And then Agra Holloway... This fight needed to happen. A lot of people were upset that Volkanoff got overlooked. However, I think it works out because he's got like a blood infection. Uh, he's going to be in Chile for two days. I don't know if that's going to, you know, I don't know how that works. But uh, they're fighting in, I think, July. So pretty quick turnaround for Volkanoff. If he wanted to fight, they're fighting in Edmonton, I believe. I feel like Edgar deserves it. I'm a, I'm a Frankie guy. I like Frankie. Um, uh, you know, he took that fight with, the, with the Ortega when he didn't have to. He got knocked out. Came back like a month later and and beat Cup Swanson and they got hurt. Um, him and Max have been booked before. They need they need to run it back. Max Edgar's the only old, really old dog at 45 that Max hasn't fought yet. And it's a style that Max needs to prove that he can beat is a is a really quick, uh, small grappler, which has given him problems in the past. Allah, his Dennis Bermudez has lost. So very excited for that fight. I think that's gonna be a tremendous high-level fight. Hopefully it sticks through and it's not one of those uh one of those cursed fights that we've uh we've had in the past. And then I'll end it with this. Chris Curtis, friend in the podcast, friend in life, um, won on uh PFL on Thursday night, May 9th. He won. I was tweeting about it. He was supposed to fight Lewis Taylor. Lewis Taylor got backed out. Or I'm excuse you, Lewis Taylor not get medically cleared. So then he fought Andre Fullerhole, who was 10 and 1, former Bellator vet. Um in uh Chris and I talked about it a little bit. And and he looked great. Chris looked great in there. Little Probably wasn't his greatest performance. I think the late opponent chains kind of messed with him a little bit. Dominant first round. Probably could have taken him out the first round, but I feel like he thought maybe he was going to break his hand or something, and he didn't want to get taken out of the tournament. Second round, he was. it was all him, and he got a caught on an uppercut. and Because he was moving forward the whole fight, caught on an uppercut, took a couple steps back, and then Andre got a little bit of confidence, got a takedown at the end of that round, but it was kind of a wash takedown. Third round, he's coming out, hunting for takedowns, Chris. Obviously saw us coming, was a uh, uh, st- uh, stuff in the takedowns and sticking in and uh, end up finishing him in, in that third round by TKO. So you got four points. You know, the problem with that is all the other welterweights at night, like they finished in the first or second round. So they got more points than him. Chris has been calling out Ray Cooper, which is a fight I want to see. I would love that fight. Ray Cooper is kind of the man in uh, next to the Russian next to the Magadev Magadev or whoever the fuck next to that fucking Russian guy. Ray Cooper's kind of the man in PFL. So, that's a main event spot for Chris. I want the most eyeballs on Chris as I can. Hopefully, I can get him on the podcast in the coming weeks, and and, and and we'll talk about it. We'll talk about PFL. We'll talk about who he wants to fight. We'll talk about fucking chicks. We'll talk about whatever. All right, so that's the show. Thank you for indulging me uh, in the beginning. Thank you for listening. Although I ha- I got to listen back to what I said in the beginning because, like I said, none of that was like pre-thought out. I mean, kind of was, but I kind of just let everything come out. So it might've been a little rambly, but I want to thank you for being, thank you for being my friend. No, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting, always support, tell a friend. Um, and, uh, hopefully we'll take this fucking thing to the moon. All right. I appreciate it guys. See ya.